1: And this is episode two in our mini series for Halloween for the spooky season. And this episode we have a real special guest. It's the Queen of Halloween. Yeah. We've got <laughs> Becky Ann, aka My Bloody Galantine, on. How are you doing, Becky?
0: Hi, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I know your content really never ends. I mean, audience, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the original episode she was on, make sure you go back and check that out. But definitely check out her TikTok. And Instagram, my galantine if you're into anything spooky, she pretty much covers the gamut on everything. Her videos are great to watch. They're entertaining and informative. And she posts a lot of great content as well um, on everything that she has going on. So I know it's been like a year, I think, since we've talked to you. What all has been going on in your life since then?
0: Oh my gosh. The past year has been um, pretty weird, <laughs> I guess. Since we last spoke, I just had like a whirlwind. I feel like talking to you guys was in the beginning of like an insane year for me where it went from, hi, I like ghosts and Halloween, like this small, like little thing on the internet, like I had my little corner to like, hi, um, can you be on the news? Like, I feel like it was shortly after it was like, can you be on the news for this? And can you be on this TV channel? And can you sit in on this? episode and um, it went from just talking a little bit to like now doing documentaries and trying to like make sense and like uh, I don't know like a lot of people are rooting for me so that's pretty much it um, I've just been hitting investigations a little harder like when we last spoke I was more um just visiting and talking and feeling things organically and now I'm like all right now
3: let's communicate like let's talk to ghosts so I'm a little more comfortable than that so That's amazing. Congratulations. You deserve all that success. I I love watching your channels and keeping up with you. So thanks so much for coming back on and chatting with us. Of course. Well, I was just going to jump into it. And since you've been doing more communication kind of stuff, um, when, you know, going to these places, have you had just like a crazy experience that you've never had before? Like a, a level of experience that's bigger than what you've experienced before? I'd say
0: I see things more often now than I used to. Like when I first started, I was like, okay, I'm going to haunted locations, but that's it. And there was like nothing else going on, nothing notable. And then there's been just a few things, like it's not all the time. Um, I'm very honest with people. And there's been times where I've gone to like really famous or really active places. And it's just been like, man, this is, this is quiet. But then there's been times I've just been like hanging out in the graveyard with my friends and hear like a disembodied voice. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like trying so hard to rationalize it because I'm a rational science minded person. I'm an embalmer during the day. So like, I I have a lot of science backgrounds and I hear something and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what sound are you making? And they're not doing anything. And like a voice just surrounds us. And, and it's almost like a tall figure hovering over just like breathing on us. And they were like, uh, you hear that too. Right. And I was like, yes, I am absolutely hearing that. And it wasn't coming from anywhere. It was just like out in the open. Like there, there've been times like that where it's like, this is cool. Like experiencing this now with other people who agree. Wow.
1: And just to clarify, so you did keep your day job. You're still working at the morgue. Is that right?
0: Yes, I'm still doing that somehow hanging into all of it. Um, A lot of people think that I did social media full time and I investigate full time. I'm like, nope, literally still working overtime at a funeral home in a pandemic. It's absolutely insane. So,
1: That's one of my favorite things about you, though, is like you are the real deal. You know, like we we talk to a lot of people and we're thankful for all our guests we get, um, whether they're you know, just fans that want to tell their stories or, you know, people we may find on TikTok or whatever, but I've always loved the fact that you (laughs) embalm people and are so invested in the spooky. I think that's just one of the more real things (laughs) that you can be into if this is your world.
0: (laughs) First, I tried to place that because I'm like, uh, the funeral industry is actually very conservative. So when I started blowing up, um, obviously it gets the attention of these people who've been doing it a certain way for a certain number of years, and they don't really like people to blow up on social media and to also be working in funeral And They're like, no, we should be quiet, reserved. We should basically not exist and exist in the shadows. And I found that Uh, being an embalmer and a paranormal investigator gives me this unique understanding of like death in the afterlife and i like telling people that i like saying like i'm uh, an embalmer during the day and a ghost hunter at night and i think it's very validating for people to hear from someone in my position now i obviously don't mix the two it's not it doesn't go to work with me and vice versa it doesn't come home but if i'm talking to someone you know casually and they're saying this is happening i think it's my dad or whatever i feel more more confident saying like, I do believe that. Cause I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's harmful. Whereas traditionally we're, accept, we're taught to act and um, believe a certain way in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Do you think that hesitation to be like, you know, uh, public and on social media as an embalmer, does that have something to do with like how we as society, society kind of tend to like not ever wanna talk about death and like people in the funeral industry are just like, all right, we must be like never seen or heard because people don't want to know, to remember that we exist.
0: It's definitely twofold. Uh, One of it, one part of it is that they A lot of people think that people will be freaked out when you tell them what happens behind the scenes where I found that talking about it and discussing it openly actually makes people like, I'm comforted by that thought. The fact that, you know, people don't know that like when there's unclaimed, uh, you know, fetal demises, um, I actually make outfits for them and it doesn't affect anyone. It's not, you know, it doesn't go anywhere, but I take a little extra time and sometimes I'll take, you know, things home and I don't think it's spooky. It's like, it's this extra step. So I think that's one of the reasons. And then the other one is they think that it, people will be less inclined to hire you if you believe a certain way or if you dress a certain way or act a certain way so when we have certain we also have had certain people like become beacons of the industry on social media and they inspire people and I'll be honest there are people I watch getting into it so they these old-school people could kind of just feel like we'll freak people out if they know the truth which I don't I don't think that that's how it should be. I don't think there's anything scary about it. And the more, uh, one thing I say all the time is I walk comfortably with death as kind of like a friend. And I, I'm i in cemeteries all the time. I'm, you know, doing paranormal investigations and I also have it in my daily life and I'm not scared of it. And I don't think I'm abnormal. I just think the more conversational we are about it the better it'll be for people. Yeah, absolutely,
3: here, here.
1: Yeah. I don't walk comfortably with death. It terrifies me, but I think that's one of the reasons it's only been said for like 110 episodes, but I think that's one of the reasons I'm personally a fan of yours is because you do seem so comfortable and you walk the walk and talk the talk. That's, I think that's so cool.
3: It's like with any topic that has like a stigma on it. Like if we talk about it more and are more comfortable with it uh and educate ourselves more on it it doesn't it's not a big scary thing like it used to be so you're li- literally like so pivotal in this discussion of debt so that's awesome. And, and the and those outfits you make that's incredible I've never heard of something like that that's so cool
0: yeah and and that's the thing is like I take the time, if I talk about it, which I rarely do because of how the industry is, when I do the comments I get, I thank every single person.
1: you ever like walk by and see like giant people and try to guess in your head like how much fluid it would take to embalm them?
0: I, I don't do that, but I do think like, hmm, maneuvering that person might be a challenge. Oh I, I do think that. <laughs> or some people naturally, this is a, a little crossing the line with what I like to like talk about, but some people look like they're embalmed already. And there's like certain colors of fluids that I see. And when I see them in public, I'm like, you look like you've used, you've used permaglow. Like, like <laughs> I just see that, like, color under their skin and I don't say it obviously but I think about it I don't I know some people some embalmers get this like itch to uh think about embalming the old people or like think about what they would use but I don't I don't think of things that way I just think of like man how hard would it be to maneuver that person if they drop right now do you ever
1: so it sounds like that those people look like the protagonist from like men in black one the guy that was like full of bugs that's what I always think about when I see people like that
0: just like, a, just like a Kool-Aid glow, like, just like, you know, people that have like that transparent kind of skin and it mm. just has that like pink, like, I don't know, like, it's like almost like My Little Pony pink, like, but some people alive have that glow to them and I'm like, huh. it's just strange.
1: Oh my okay, gosh.
2: I just muted us again to turn to me to be like, oh, this person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's name. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. So... <laughs>
1: You are too much. Won't say who. Well, you are the queen of Halloween. Your content is always top notch. So, what does somebody like you, who kind of celebrates spooky year-round, what does Halloween mean to you? How do you get into the spirit when October rolls around?
0: Um so there's so much build up to October. I will admit that when October is here, it feels like it's over the day October starts. It's like, oh no, like it's going to be October 1st to you know the end of the month so quickly and it's it as soon as it gets here it goes. Um I I do definitely try and like just live in the moment more so the content is mostly all year but now I find myself during October being like this is my time like this is where I like actually thrive so um, I'm just trying to like enjoy it and savor it because it does it comes and goes in a flash.
1: And do you have certain traditions that you like to do every Halloween like things you absolutely must check off your list.
0: Um, I normally go to Salem every year. Uh, It's been getting crazier and busier every year, but it's just something I started doing. My family's in Halloween as well. Um, So maybe like five or six years ago, it went from us going to the local like, corn maze haunted house. We were like, that's fun. What's more. And then we started going to bigger and bigger haunted houses. And then one day they were like, check this out. Like, have you ever heard of like the hocus pocus filming locations in Salem, Massachusetts? And we were like, we're going to go. And it was like, kind of just talk. And then we went for the first time and our minds were blown. And we're like, oh my gosh, it became a yearly trip. So that, um, following up with that, uh, Halloween to me is a very like familial thing. And my family is just as into it as I am.
1: Do you think that's where it kind of all began for you because your family is into it? Do you, I mean, like what's, I know we had you on and, and we obviously went through your story, but I don't think we quite delved into like what set you on this path to be so into Halloween, so into spooky content.
0: Um, so I think before I've always been known as like the spooky person. Like they always would say it was my holiday. Um, But the three, six, five Halloween really kind of came because the pandemic. And it was like, man, it doesn't matter if I buy a bunch of Halloween candy and watch Halloween movies in March because I'm not seeing anyone. So that's where it started like really kind of changing. But um, I did run a vintage store, which I still have. um, And I would pick out like 80s, 70s gowns. And I'm like, how can I make this uh, applicable? How can I make this um, something someone wants to buy or style it? And that's kind of where um, more recently, it's been like costuming and these photo shoots and all this stuff. Because I'm like, how can I make this 80s dress, Lydia Dietz dress? Or how can I be Debbie Harry with this you know, vintage dress? So Um, it started being like, I'm dressing up all the time, all throughout the year. And now more and more, it's been like, you know what, I can just wear black and orange every day. It doesn't matter. I'm very comfortable in it. Um, But the origin, I think, and a few friends and I have had this discussion is there's this purity of like childhood Halloween. There's this like, like me and my brother standing up on little stools, looking at my mom's little Halloween village. It was like, uh, there was specifically like a haunted ship and they all lit up and, um, we would sit there and just gaze at it. Like, Whoa, look at all these, this little world of Halloween with ghosts. And, and, um, our favorite movie was the Halloween tree and we watched it over and over. And I think it's just like this reach for like the innocence and purity in childhood, that nostalgia. Um, and once I grew up and my family got older, we all were like, we miss that, you know, that just that I don't care about anything else in the world. The only thing that matters is getting candy. And like, what is more like pure and sweet than like getting candy and, you know, listening to the sound of the winds rolling in and the smell of autumn leaves. I think that's where it starts.
3: That's so true.
2: Yeah. It well, really it, is just like, like it was the biggest deal as kids and it, it just kind of like, I don't know, re- like marking it just kind of like sets you back there.
3: And I know you're inspiring so many people, but you've also gotten, now I'm super excited about Halloween. I yeah. feel like I needed something to get me in the mood for it, but.
1: Well, Kat um, and JJ, I'm curious because, you know, we may not think of ourselves this way, but we kind of do spooky content year round too.
3: Noah, we're friends if that's what you're asking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, um, what if any, has that impacted you guys? Like with us surrounding ourselves with ghost stories and constantly reaching out to people who kind of live on the edge of supernatural being real, has that impacted your love for spooky or has it made it kind of benign or has it had any effect on you guys?
3: Um, it makes me more, it makes me a little more willing to explore, um, you know, like the shows and the movies and that kind of stuff and, and hear more ghost stories. I still viscerally am scared of everything like that has not changed. Um, but I feel like I am a little more prepared to handle something if I were to get scared as in like saying a mantra or something like that at the same time still deciding if I believe in ghosts, but it feels like I kind of believe in something. I yeah. don't know, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I think it's <laughs> definitely made me a lot more uh, like open and curious to the the possibility of ghosts. Uh, I can't brush them off as easily as I used to. It takes a lot of uh, mental gymnastics to do so. Uh, But uh, yeah, and I think like scary movies have a bigger appeal. I've always liked Halloween. I think what I really like about it is it's like, for people who don't have kids, it's a very laid back holiday. Like, there's no like, well, you have to get home for Halloween, Um, you know. unless unless your family is awesome and like goes to salem every year together uh yeah. but you know it's kind so of just cool. like a you can just celebrate halloween however you want whether it's like staying home in sweatpants and watching scary movies or like like going all out with costumes and parties so it's fun
1: well i'm, I'm curious Becky Ann, so my favorite thing to do is to get dressed up in costumes and party the night away. Do you, and I know obviously you got some traditions that you hold on to, but does that part of the celebration interest you at all? Do you ever get just put on a costume and go and rage somewhere and celebrate Halloween?
0: This is so funny, but I dress up all year round. Like I'm always wearing witch hats. Like I, I just, I'm like, I don't care anymore. But um, so when it comes to actual Halloween day, people are like, what are you going to be? I'm like, I don't know. I guess just a witch. Like it's not, it doesn't matter because I know that there's going to be more. So I guess that like build up, like I see these people who make amazing costumes and I'm like, that's never going to be me. I'm never going to be the person who built something from scratch. Maybe someday, but like it's mostly about, um, you know, just the build up to the year and doing these like styled books and stuff but I never have that one like oh I can't wait till Halloween because I get to be Cruella de or
3: whatever right
2: yeah
1: well one thing we've been talking about and you mentioned as well is like candy so my favorite Halloween candy is candy corn which seems to be very divisive on the episode that we just wrapped um, which will be coming out this week that you hear this episode, you will have heard that Kat and JJ do not like candy corn, which I cannot relate to. Becky, where do you, where do you fall on the candy course sword? Do you enjoy it or, or not so much?
0: I okay so one gelatin free candy corn which I, I don't eat meat so I have to seek out like the jelly belly candy corn that doesn't have it or there's some other brands but like if I could I'd probably yank out
3: all of my teeth and put candy corn there instead Thank you. I love candy corn See, yeah, I
1: knew we were kindred spirits that's candy corn is I'm the cute.
3: best <laughs> people that eat candy corn
1: no we just
3: we just don't I like it. I can have like three or four tops and then I'm done.
2: I I can't stand it.
1: I can literally eat a whole bag. And then you get into like the little pumpkins, like you can mix it up to get the same flavor.
0: Adorable. Absolutely. That it's cute and you can eat it and it's like I, I'm not mad. It could be there as long as it wants. Like it, it's its own thing. Like if candy corn. And then the next best thing are those little caramel apple lollipops that the little green wrappers cute. I love them. I've never
1: had that before. I'll have to try that this year.
0: <laughs> That's like classic. The little, car- I mean, they're going to get stuck in your teeth. That's probably going to hurt, but it's worth it.
1: Wait, do you mean like the, the like big ones? Or are you talking about like a specific, like tiny candy version of a caramel apple or caramel apple? <laughs>
0: It, it's a lollipop and I can't believe you haven't seen these. It's no. like every picture of Halloween candy and they're like a little lollipop on a stick and it, it's circular and it has an apple center. And then like, it, like a caramel outside and um, it, it gets stuck in your teeth and it's very famous. It's a staple. You can run to any store and you can find it at Halloween time. And they're
3: so good.
1: Okay. I'm putting that on my to-do list. And before we get you out of here, we do want to get some, media recommendations for our listeners so whether it be like movies or tv shows is there anything specifically you like to watch this time of year
0: um so i watch casper on repeat from october 1st to 31st i cannot stop watching that film um so i love casper uh more recently uh i think everyone should watch the documentary i'm in on tv obviously on the amityville horror so if you guys should tune into that and <laughs> how do we find a- that um so Tubi is similar to Netflix or um you know Hulu like those kind of streaming services but it's free and um it's uh it, it's just a bunch of free movies. They have a whole month long terror on Tubi is what it's called. And they have different features. So they're doing famously haunted Amityville, ironically, which is like one this one house that I've been drawn to over and over again. So that's a good one uh, to check out, obviously, because I'm in it. And I think it like d- puts a different perspective. And we go into like the details of, was it true crime? Was it haunted? And like perspectives other than the dry, like, you know, t- you know, when you watch this documentary, on TV and it's like the same random people but um it's it's more like a fresh young perspective on it. So that's oh. going to be coming out um yeah. And as far as like uh book book recommendations, uh if people are looking to find their own spooky places, they should definitely check out um the New, the New England and New York Compendium by JW Ocker. Uh, I a hundred percent. Oh, in cursed objects, his, he started a blog and it kind of blew up for him and he goes to similar kind of locations that I do, but he has just like this, you know, thorough discussion of it. And I will always recommend his work.
1: Do you ever get with the classics, like the old school pet cemetery or any of those kind of movies?
0: I love pet cemetery. I went to the filming locations earlier this year and I like recreated some of the scenes. Like seeing the house was like holy
3: crap. It's still like standing. I
0: love. It. Yes, yes, and it's it's incredible. It's like, whoa, like I spent so much time like thinking about that movie because um it, <laughs> the funny thing is I have a family and my sister's into uh sister-in-law she's in I always say sister but uh she's into like the cute Halloween and then my brother likes serial killers and horror and then my mom's a witch and I'm kind of like a mesh of the three so it's very like interesting to um see these things and I'm like telling my brother I'm like oh my god that's his house like this is crazy and seeing the cemetery obviously I was interested in it for that reason I didn't care for the it filming locations like i was right there and i'm like i don't care too much about it but yeah uh, pet cemetery is incredible um we were just like running around like saying the quotes from the film all day and like just in heaven it's very cool it's right up in Maine. they do a lot They're, you can actually take a tour of the whole town and all the stephen king things like it's in the same town or the same area as stephen king's house so there's a lot to see up there
1: and my, my last question for you, um, Kat and JJ might have some for you as well, but is there anything that is too scary
2: for you?
0: Um, especially not where I'm at now. I'm starting to learn that there's, not really such thing as like demonic possessions and things like that. It's more of like a social construct. I've talked in length about like the smelly shadow man that we touched on in the last episode and what kind of entity that might be. And um, the more I am investigating and the more I meet people who are like, no, uh, it's not anything to be afraid of. There's just a lot of stigmas to some uh, certain methods and stuff. Things don't scare me as much. People were like laughing because I was in this abandoned tuberculosis sanitarium. And um, actually it's a Saratoga County homestead. If anyone is listening and wants to go, they do tours and investigations. Absolutely. Like it's crazy, but it's pitch black. And I'm like running into the end of the hallway by myself in the pitch black and just being like in the darkness. I'm like, theoretically there's nothing scarier than this i mean there there were people hospitalized here and now it's abandoned i could fall through the floor maybe maybe but um yeah so it's just kind of like uh, there's nothing scarier than complete darkness and
3: now i'm not so scared of that either that's amazing that's awesome that's good to know about like the the shadow man i feel like we are two episodes ago, we're trying to figure out, we went around being like, so do we actually think that people are possessed by demons or is this just a symbol for a type of spirit that we're seeing or, you know, things like that. Um, also, I love how casually you're like, oh yeah, I was at this abandoned, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's sounds mm-hmm. horrifying. <laughs> um,
1: well, Kat, do you, do you and JJ, y'all have any other questions for Becky-Ann before we get her out of here?
3: Uh, what? movie did you watch recently jj oh
2: i watched night of the living dead for the first time that i had never seen like the original are you, one are you into like those, those zombie movies or is that
0: um uh, so You're- i i've also been to the original night of the living dead filming locations they're from where i'm from um in pittsburgh so i uh, i think i made a video there but it's it's pretty cool to me um i'm not a universal monsters kind of person but i loved those like dawn of the dead films that were coming out when i was in high school and they they were like blowing my mind they were like this complicated zombie entity those ideas of that i do i do like it i like the classic horror um i can sit down and watch them but i'm not super into like universal monsters but zombies yeah i think zombies are cool i think that that was I think that's part of all of our culture growing up. Like you remember like people on MySpace, like they would have like zombie pictures. Like so I think to us that's always gonna be like, yeah, zombies like cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Becky how can our fans find you and make sure they stay up to date with all the awesome content you put out?
0: Um Everyone can find me on Instagram and TikTok for now. Those are the only platforms I'm really using. So um, My Bloody Galentine on both of those.
1: Awesome. Well, make sure you check her out. I know many of you already have from when she was on our podcast. It was just hard to believe it's almost been a year from now and and man look how much your life has changed since oh, I, I know i remember seeing that post of you on the um the news uh shortly after you came on and i was just like wow that that it's it's crazy how in a blink of eye a blink of an eye people can kind of break through the zeitgeist and and really and get you guys going. should
0: be talent scouts you know like you could be like hey're you guys looking for your paranormal show like i know how to find people because it was like it went from that and i feel like that was like the pivotal moment like hey will you do this podcast I'm like why would I do that like I don't I don't know anything and then like a year later it's like I was on a documentary like and you know and people are like wow that's amazing and I'm like I haven't done anything yet like I feel like I I have imposter syndrome but you guys should uh, scout people out so
3: did anyone reach out to you like from our episode specifically the first time you recorded
0: it's hard to say because a lot of people reach out and they ask for help or they're looking for something or they're trying to find more. So I didn't hear anything, but I will say uh, whatever you guys are doing, like the episodes are being heard. I actually just recently shared the old episode with, with the person who saw the shadow man with me. And I was like, Hey, like, dude, I got something to tell you. I did a podcast and I talked about your experience and he, Oh, I meant to tell you guys this. I'm so sorry. Uh, He was like, oh my God, like my life after that incident, it, he's like, I saw them again. I saw them in places in my life. And he said, it, it changed. And he was like, I saw that entity elsewhere and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, like, I really don't think it's scary, but I do think it was a shadow person, but I'm a hundred percent certain it was a shadow person and not a demon or like anything like that at this point. But he was like, man, I, he's like, I, I kind of have been holding it in. I've had no one to talk to you about. So I, I just think that's interesting that we had that discussion and I kind of referenced your podcast for him to listen to. And he gave the approval, but it was just kind of like reopening that kind of traumatic experience for him. For me, it was, it, that was strange
3: and I moved forward, but I didn't realize how pivotal it was for someone else.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I-
3: if he ever wants to talk about it more publicly, feel free to connect next him, to him. I, I told him, I was like, hey, I think you should talk about it with me because it would give people like
0: this more rounded perspective instead of just like what one person on one side experienced. The fact that he and I are forever like kind of bonded into this like, you know, moment that we both have to say undoubtedly happened, but then, you know, face the world. And then they're like,
3: that's kind of crazy but at least we're not alone yeah definitely
1: that's so cool well before we get you out of here we do a little sign off Mm then i am sure last time we probably didn't have you do it with us because it was so early on and what we were doing we would love for you to do it with us
3: all right
1: (laughs) so with that i'm noah daniels i'm jj
3: i'm kat i'm becky (laughs)